this coming Sunday, which is 6th of June 2021, I am holding an online Zoom webinar on the topic Rajas, Tamas and Emotional Triggers. The purpose of this topic is to bring insight on how emotions can trigger various illnesses in our body and how to overcome them. Please find the registration link in the show notes of this podcast. In case you are listening to this after the 6th of June, please visit my YouTube channel, Dr. Vignesh Devraj, for the video recordings. Welcome to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast. My name is Vignesh Devraj, an Ayurvedic doctor and a holistic health coach. Each week we share wisdom or interview an inspiring personality to guide you become your healthiest self. Remember, your health is your greatest asset. If you are interested in doing one-on-one online Ayurvedic consultation with me, please find the details in the show notes of this podcast or do visit www.vigneshdevraj.com. A very warm welcome to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast. Today we have a very inspiring guest. Her name is Vasudha Rai. She's the author of a very fantastic, authentic, a well-researched book called Glow. In fact, the name glow is actually an understatement because when you hear the word glow, it, it talks a lot about skin health and also your glow with cosmetics. But according to me, it's one of the most well-researched book on some of the Ayurvedic herbs and Ayurvedic rituals and Ayurvedic pharmaceuticals that you can integrate into a modern lifestyle. And also she takes skin health to a completely next level, which is a holistic approach towards that. That is skin health is not just about a superficial thing. It is something to do with your inner health, inner vitality, inner metabolism. And she also writes a lot of articles in some of the best magazines. And uh, thank you, Vasudhaji. It's really an honor to have you in my podcast. And it has been a dream to have you as one of my eminent guest lists. So I'm happy to realize this dream. Thank you so much, uh, Vigneshji. I'm absolutely flattered and very humbled. You're such a well-known Ayurvedic physician. Uh, and to say such great things about my book, it really makes me feel validated. So thank you for having me. Yes, I can say this because I read a lot of Ayurvedic books and after the first 10 pages, I get bored with the copy. <laughs> but I must tell you the research that has gone into it. But more than research, I must tell you it is quite entertaining. You know, you don't want to keep it down. You tell, you connect the dots with ancient times and why it is more important today than any other time. You know, and that's what I loved about that book. And every time somebody comes to me with uh, skin health, I always recommend this book. Please read this book and read about Manjishta, what she's saying. You know, read about how to incorporate ghee. And when they're having stress, how to deal with that. So it's really a fantastic book. Easy to read, not just for Indians, for around the globe. So... That's why, uh, really, I appreciate the passion that you have put into making this. And I could see that, you know, it is because of the pain that you underwent and you don't want to, I mean, you want to make sure that nobody else goes through this. So that is quite evident in every word that you have put in that book. So thank you. I was really happy to read that book. Thank you so much. (laughs) So, Vasudhaji, you talk about your endometriosis story, you know, that was one of your turning points. Yes. So, and uh, as an Ayurvedic doctor, you know, I always say in many of my lectures and podcasts, I'm a doctor of leftover patients because they go to many doctors, mainstream medicine, they confuse them. And then they come to holistic approaches like uh, yoga, Ayurveda, naturopathy, and they say that, okay, I didn't know that this was possible. So for you, what aspect of endometriosis got you into this? And if somebody comes with an endometriosis, maybe it's type three, type four intensity. 
what would you recommend them because they come with a lot of fear endometriosis yeah and it's like a, okay for a woman especially if it's a conservative society it comes with its own baggages yeah but fertility and yes, exactly. childbirth and everything exactly um so let's talk about fear for a moment and as yes. you would know that better than me that like you know endometriosis is a vat condition yes. and vat is increased by fear and and worry right yes exactly so i mean you know it's that that before before anything we have to figure out like you know a way to kind of handle that fear mm-hmm. and worry and tension i mean because it just makes everything worse mm-hmm. i mean you and anybody who has endometriosis they will see that you know their symptoms get much worse when they are stressed or they emotionally traumatized or whatever it just mm-hmm. it just gets worse mm-hmm. but like for me to answer your question the turning point happened when um i mean it coincided with a lot of things i think um earlier there was no avenue for us to uh, read about like we didn't even we weren't even aware that there was an a holistic option right mm-hmm. i mean you know that earlier uh, allopathy was supposed to be the only uh, the only option right it's not an option it's only only yeah. way you have to go forward yes yeah laparoscopy uh, hormone treatments zolidex ivf IVF after IVF and that's exactly what I also went through mm-hmm. um but like after a point you know I think it all started with me discovering yoga I think that's how it all began mm-hmm. uh because you know once you start uh, discovering yoga in in the studio you meet like minded people you start learning about you know because all these sciences they are interconnected right so I really felt like like first thing that happened with me was like so I had given up on like the whole child thing after you know I mean yes. after many mm-hmm. multiple failed IVFs I was like forget it I just don't want the symptoms to be there so mm. for me uh, the biggest I mean the change that happened immediately with not immediately in a while with yoga was that all the IVFs and all the injections and everything it had really made me put on weight because these injections they make you menopausal and the weight shifts from your hips hormonal to, imbalances uh, mm-hmm. you know and like all my gynecologists they were like look this is your body you have to accept it now and I did I accepted my body but it was really amazing how yoga just like kind of you know uh, it made me strong it uh, helped in you know these feelings of like you know unworthiness and like you know this sort of um, shaming and other things yeah all those things it really helped me work through a lot of fear through, through a lot of these feelings i mean everything became worse before it got better but when it got better after a few months i just realized that listen i'm close to getting my old body back and that was just a side effect of yoga mm-hmm. so uh, along with yoga i got into like various things like spirituality meditation i tried all sorts of meditation i mean it was really like discovering a pandora's box Mm-hmm. and it was just like you keep opening one box out like something new comes out and mm-hmm. it was just like i just got like my toy but i just got my you know these were all these toys for me to play with so it was very entertaining and it really helped like and initially for the first few years it just helped me on a physical you know and on an outer level right it uh, helped me get rid of like the excess weight which i got uh, which i had put on because of whatever uh in terms of uh, skin health like i used to always have rosacea like very red skin mm-hmm. uh but you know when i started meditating and you know doing pranayam and like you know going to healers and just like you know yoga nidra all those things it really helped calm my skin it just and when that happened and you know when when you start doing yoga you also have uh, you know have a sense of discipline mm-hmm. so earlier like i could like wolf down a packet of chips and like mm-hmm. a packet of biscuits but you know that okay now i'm satisfied like you know i became one of those people who can eat like 
five chips and I'm satisfied or like three biscuits and I'm satisfied and so I was just like you know and those things they really do affect your health you know I mean I became physically very strong and um yeah, I mean, that that's how I actually discovered, uh, I, I got into this whole holistic thing. But to get hardcore into Ayurveda and acupuncture, um, and like naturopathy and all these things, I needed another kick, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So I mean, you know, endometriosis is a progressive disease. And you know, um, and like I like I said, that's why I mentioned like the whole fear thing and the worry thing earlier. Uh, I went through another phase in my life where I was just like, you know, very stressed, like at work and just very unhappy. And um, and I just feel like endometri- the girls who have endometriosis, they're a little more sensitive to these things, like the stress affects them a lot more. So a few mm-hmm. months of stress can really like bring your symptoms up. And in any case, I had like severe grade four endometriosis to begin with. So, I mean, I went through these series of surgeries after which, uh, you know, I mean, there were, I had like, I think uh, I had three surgeries in total in like, I think Mm -hmm. two two years or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, and one was after a hysterectomy, like it came back Mm -hmm. after a hysterectomy. So it was just very traumatic. And, you know, in between, I did think of going for Ayurveda, but then, you know, um, you know, your family members, somebody else always convinces you that like, uh, you, you've already had a hysterectomy right now. Why even bother this, mm-hmm. that, whatever. but after the third surgery, I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to wait for myself to heal. And that's it. I am fed up. So mm-hmm. that's when I discovered acupuncture. And that's when I really like, um, glow was all about like this, this, the skin health and general health, but like to, I really went deeply into Ayurveda after all these surgeries and after like you correctly said, like all the leftover patients, like I was a leftover patient. And that's when I discovered Ayurveda. That's when I discovered Panchakarma. That's mm-hmm. when I discovered, I discovered so many things after, you know, I mean, and that's how you discover things, right? That's how you mm-hmm. learn. I mean, exactly. you, you only learn through like, you know, through a hard time, right? Nobody's like uh, goes through a good time and then you come out of learnings, right? You exactly. always learn through hardship. So, so yeah, so that's how I really got into Ayurveda and acupuncture and yeah. I so like when people get into that kind of a frustration because that is when they become real patients with a lot of that curiosity. That is when they, their thirst for wisdom and what is the right guidance for healing. That is when they also find the right books, right guides, right healers, right doctors. Then it just falls in place. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Ji, and when it comes to skin health, you know, you talk about skin health has a lot to do with your inner health. Yes. Now, this is something that you, every part of that book is connecting, get back to your roots, get back yes. to your inner health. Yes. Skin is a superficial thing. And then also you uh, openly say that at one point of time in India, land of Ayurveda, you know, dermatologists never connected the dots with what is happening inside your gut. And now, and now in that aspect, you know, we live in a golden era where we have the right to question, get into many of the access. We could openly come and say, this is not working. We need to have an alternative. Yeah. So in that growth, what would you recommend people, you know, suddenly when somebody is having an acne outburst, outburst, because this is one big issue like rosacea. You know, when, when such patients come to me, my first half an hour of the consultation is to calm down their anxiety. And then yeah. I get into the treatment protocol because they feel that something is wrong and the society is not going to validate me and something is terribly wrong. Then I will not be able to achieve all the things, especially for a woman. You know, they are programmed. I need to look beautiful. I need to look pretty and I need to get the validation. And otherwise, my world is going to collapse. So in such a world, 
how do we take it forward with skin health world has changed indeed and it's not just the women even the men have become like very particular about skin and very anxious about skin health you know because mm-hmm. everybody is on instagram everyone wants to look perfect you know everybody wants to do like you know i woke up like this kind of you know uh, selfie yeah. so we are living in that sort of world but you know the way i look at it is that first of all you know i get a lot of these questions and you know i'm no dermatologist so i just feel like if somebody came to me and said that you know what do i do i would say like you know two approaches like for someone like me who needs to be on the camera all the time and they say if i went through a really bad acne breakout you know for whatever mm-hmm. reason mm-hmm. first thing i would do is i would approach a dermatologist to get rid of it immediately so that you know it doesn't keep multiplying yes. because the thing is that once you start getting like cystic acne or rosacea or whatever it just starts multiplying like crazy mm-hmm. right yes. so that immediate instant treatment you take it it just calms down everything but that is not the end of it because you can't keep on like a dermatological protocol forever like what are you going to do like get like lasers your entire life or take mm-hmm. antibiotics or whatever your entire life you have to clean up your diet you have to you know either uh, you know even like things like uh, basic things like therapy through to work through your emotions that's why we call it holistic that's why we call it holistic healing because you know there are different and we have so many options now we have ayurveda we have acupuncture we have yoga we have nutrition you have to sort everything out like a lot of the times i ask the girls like you know some people sometimes people have dark circles and then you mm-hmm. ask them like what time you go to sleep and they literally i mean they're pretty much up all night you know yes, and they're, exactly. not, they're, they're not getting that much sleep, sleep. They're not drinking enough water they're, they're eating all these inflammatory kind of foods so before like uh, i mean of course if you have a problem like an acne or something which is very inflammatory you should go to the dermatologist but if it's just like my skin is looking dull my skin is looking like this i think the first line of treatment is like you know you need to start drinking like enough water and not too much not like 5 liters of water 2 3 liters a day warm like it is suggested in ayurveda you know how many people are eating eating greens every day like mm-hmm. none of us eat greens every day you know how many of us like uh, well thankfully we do eat whole grains you know i mean just just we have to we have to start working on the very basic things like sleeping in time i'm telling you vignesh ji the whole thing of like you know um, um sleeping on time like now i i started sleeping like before 10 o'clock and i wake up before 6 o'clock mm-hmm. that has improved like every like every function in my body has improved just by regulating my sleep time you know thank you for saying that i really appreciate <laughs> <laughs> you know it's the best supplement just like uh, regulating that and just people think that you know i'll go to bed and sleep will just come Mm-hmm. it doesn't come you have to go to sleep like the care with which you plan like maybe a work day or like you know your holiday or like anything else you plan in your life with that much care and attention you need to uh, prioritize and plan your sleep that mm-hmm. means that you know i'm not going to look at anything stimulating even if i want to be on my phone then i will read up about like what are the best green vegetables that contain zinc like something really <laughs> you know nothing stimulating mm-hmm. that will just make me think or make me get angry or make me very excited mm-hmm. so i think that's also very important it's very interesting you talk about water and sleep Yeah. and uh, when you talk about skin health dryness is one of the biggest culprits yeah and dryness is the most powerful quality of vata yeah and when you don't drink water your dryness goes up when you sleep very late your dryness goes up and it's an anti vata therapy exactly there 
Yeah, I mean, I'm all about like the bath therapies. Like one thing I love about Ayurveda and all the bath therapies is also oiling. My God, like my followers, they make fun of me. They're like, you know, Vasudha is all about the oils, oiling my hair, oiling the body, oiling the face, massages, and oiling. My God, it's such a, it's really wonderful. Hmm. And uh, I mean, uh, if I talk about Vata, because one of the reasons why. sciences like holistic healing sciences like ayurveda is able to you know help lot of this so called incurable diseases ayurveda has a concept called vata mm. because vata is something that does not have a form it can only be felt you know your blood reports look normal the investigations look normal but doctor why is my health um, why am i having this pain it's vata you know you cannot they only feel it but you cannot understand it by a physical uh, laboratory study on that so understanding of that vata and one once we can balance that it makes like a complete turn around in your overall health vitality and energy yeah. so that is where this concept comes so um, vignesh do you want to even ex- do you want to explain like how, what does vata feel like for me it's just this feeling of feeling very like ungrounded anxious fearful mm-hmm. like god knows what's going to happen that's the vata feeling for me like <laughs> what would what would you like since you're talking about this vata you can only feel why don't you mm-hmm. just explain to whoever's listening that what exactly is that feeling okay so uh, ancient rishis in ayurveda they came up with the concepts of not came up they observed the five bhutas like the five elements like we have the space we have the wind or air and then we have the fire we have the the earth and water among these five elements the the largest element is space because the universe is space and even if you read about quantum physics you know we talk about space so it's actually vata and that is why in ayurveda it is mentioned among all the three doshas when vata goes out of control then you had it so balancing vata is the first step in fact even if you are trying to treat kapha or trying to treat pitta it is actually to make sure the vata's flow is going normal and the qualities of vata is what it has to flow it the word vata means to move so whenever there is a block in this movement in our body then we had it the life flow the life energy is getting blocked and that is why when there whenever there is a dryness even though dryness is a part of vata but if there is dryness in our body the energy flow in the body is blocked so that is why we cannot identify it in a blood reports but we feel it we feel that uh, the skin is getting dry uh, there are some hives that are coming up so that is and constipation it's a vata condition because yes. there is dryness in the large intestine and they are yeah. not able to eliminate yeah. the natural flow of energy is blocked yeah so that that is why vata the the greatest antidote of vata is sneha sweta sneha also means oil sneha also means love because you need to ground yourself yeah so this ability to ground and you see all the conditions of vata it is all they are not able to ground themselves they don't they're not able to sleep they are anxious there is fear and in fact there is a word for medicine in ayurveda it is called as beshaja which actually means anything is called as a medicine as long as first it helps to remove the fear of disease because the fear is more powerful yeah. than the real That's attack itself diagnosis fear then yes, will exactly. i then have another attack again exactly so that is why vata is given the utmost priority and then once this is stable you know everything else is much easier it's like the intelligence that is running you can have a great computer you can have a great software but if there is no electricity it's good for nothing right. and that electricity that energy is what we call it as vata and that is also called as prana you know the mm-hmm. highest form of vata is what we call it as prana and when oh, we right. balance vata what is happening is we are touching base with our prana 
Mm. And that is responsible for the entire life. Yeah. So when you go to Ayurvedic doctor, what, uh, what is happening is how to revive, convert that Vata into Prana. That is what the whole approach is. That oh, is what happens. Is oh, right. And so, yes. No. Yes, Professor Raji. I just want to say that it's so it's so it's so interesting you said like you know uh, sneha which also means love because the opposite mm-hmm. of fear is love right exactly it's uh, it's, it's yeah that's very true you need to be to get your vata calm you also need to be in a harmonious environment exactly i mean in fact if you look at the root word of the word sneha sneha is anything that will unite things or keep things together mm. and that's what love does you know love helps to keep things united we don't fight Right. And uh, sneha is also called oil because oil helps to keep things together. It's the opposite of dryness. Right, right. So that is why this helps. Interesting. Now, uh, Vasudhaji, I want to ask you about rosacea because this is one thing that many women are suffering from. And right. they try many uh, you know, therapies and they feel frustrated and they don't know what to do. And especially when the flare-up happens, it's like the worst anxiety that they can also go through. So when someone is suffering from rosacea, what would you recommend them? I can only say what works for me. Yeah, definitely. Yes. I mean, uh, what worked for me was really a lot of these spiritual practices, which were very grounding. Mm -hmm. And like, if you see, there is a lot of like, why does rosacea happen? Like rosacea is like a form of inflammation in the body. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have enough research to show uh, that meditation does bring the inflammation down there is research to show that it calms conditions such as eczema so mm-hmm. why will why won't it work on rosacea having said that i will also say that like you know there are some times when meditation can drive you absolutely crazy so it's important <laughs> to learn learn it from a guru no people just say they tell say that meditation is this like you know option that will work for everyone just throw it in everyone's faces but people who are prone to anxiety people who are prone to depression they can't meditate for them it makes things a lot worse so which mm-hmm. is why i say like spiritual activity like you know something like a pranayam is much better or a guided meditation or or like healing or something something that is just like i mean for me the the whole like the whole like some sort of this whole the the spiritual world that opened that really helped to quite a degree to calm down the inflammation along with that because of the endometriosis see everything i did in my life I did because of the endometriosis, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and it just showed effect on my skin and on my body and whatever, because that's why I said, even in my book, that skin is just a side effect of health. So, you know, for the endometriosis, I removed everything inflammatory from my diet. Like I stopped eating gluten. I would eat only brown rice. I mean, I ate very healthily. So, you know, pretty much you could say that, you know, I was on an alkaline diet. I mean, I've mm-hmm. never been very fond of alcohol. Uh, mm-hmm. so I've never been a big drinker. But, uh, and now anyway, I don't drink at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also gave up smoking. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these kind of things, like they really help, uh, you know, I mean, you just have to, instead of thinking of like rosacea is my condition. Um, I think it's important to think of like, maybe there is another condition that is probably going on along with, it could be your digestion. Mm-hmm. You know, rosacea doesn't usually exist on its own, is my experience. You know, there's always like another condition, internal condition that is that goes along. Showing up in the external world. Yes. Yeah, in it, which is which is internal. Like for me, it was like the endometriosis, which is also calling causing like digestive problems, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So when I focused on the inside, the outside naturally became better. So say if somebody with rosacea has like maybe like, you know, some, di- you know, acidity or digestion mm-hmm. problems or whatever they may have, they need to focus on that in Instead of just the rosacea, because if you focus on, the, you know, on healing the inside, the outside will naturally get healed. Sure, like yes. skin is like, 
it it throws the biggest symptoms like you know my mom she had like today she had a appointment with my dermatologist you know she's getting like a lot of pigmentation on her arms and the dermatologist mm-hmm. was like do you have thyroid she's like yeah i do and can you imagine how beautiful like her entire system is that the whole thing which she was thinking which is pigmentation in isolation is not an isolation it's connected to her thyroid so rosacea is not an isolation but it probably is con- uh, connected to something that's going on inside so i think the biggest thing is to focus on how to holistically heal whatever is going inside whether it's with an anti-inflammatory diet whether it is with um, you know pranayama meditation healing all these things and in terms of skin i feel like um, uh using uh you know nowadays people have started using too many actives mm-hmm. you know using one or maximum two actives is fine but like you know now there are companies that are like Uh, get giving just like i don't want to take in names of any companies but they're mm-hmm. just like selling the products with the active as the mm-hmm. serum right so mm-hmm. people are layering two three actives at one time so i feel like you know because they're using so much of actives and they're using so much of acids and retinol and you know it's just too mm-hmm. much stripping that is happening of the skin so that's the other reason why i mean i never used too many actives i always used one active or two actives at a time so for mm-hmm. me the cause was completely different but nowadays the thing has changed everyone like vitamin c and retinol are like everybody those are like you know child's play everybody <laughs> is uh, aware of niacinamide and what's mm-hmm. that alpha arbutin and glutathione and another one yes glutathione <laughs> and polyhydroxy acids and glycolic acids you know there's this whole world that has opened up so i just mm-hmm. feel like overusing too many active also causes rosacea in which case you just need to hold off everything and just like use like a basic moisturizer for some time and just like brings the skin back to normal so you know one of the questions like patients ask me with rosacea this like doctor is this curable is this reversible that's one of the first questions they ask so how would you with your experience would say that i mean i, mean, I am a doctor but someone you know who has gone through that and who has able to manage it i mean for me it's reversible but what do you tell them Yeah, of course i tell them see don't ask the question is it reversible focus on how can we improve your lifestyle yes yeah. absolutely absolutely that's what i tell them rightly said mm-hmm. rightly said because uh, ultimately that's what matters your mm-hmm. lifestyle really matters again mm-hmm. if you're going to be up till late at night thinking that if i wake up at 12 in the morning it's going to wake up it's going to make up my sleep Changes. obviously like getting your full 8 hours of sleep is important but i just feel you know the time of the time that you sleep matters so much like now that i've started sleeping in time i've really started valuing you know that whole like you know the whole ayurvedic concept that after 10 o'clock the pitta time begins exactly. and then 10, 10 o'clock is the kapha time and actually when you start doing it over a period of time you you realize that when you sleep before 10 o'clock your sleep is so sound like you literally just wake up in the morning mm-hmm. after like okay from 10 you can even make it to maybe 11 o'clock but you know late after 10:30 11 if you sleep it's just uh, you know there's so much truth in that once you start doing it in fact i just read uh, when we stay awake later than 11 then what happens is our great great ancestors used to stay awake late at night only if there is an emergency threat or an alert so we naturally tend to release more cortisol in our body oh. so even today even if you are staying up not for some emergency alert you even you could be staying up for some entertainment reasons but even then our body will have the same intelligence to release the cortisol 
Yeah. And that is also why in Ayurveda, we have a disease called as Vata Rektam. It is the best analogy for Vata Rektam is forest fire. You know, on one hand, there is wind and there is fire and the fire can spread only when things are dry and when there is wind. So this forest fire happens like the, the Vata Rectum disease spectrum of disease happens in our body. The first culprit is when we stay late at night for a sustained period of time. That's when dryness increases in our system. That is why staying late at night is a high Vata aggravating condition. And that is also why in Ayurveda, we have this concept. Nidra is the way most powerful way to control your Vata. Nidra means sleep, you know, and that is why we have so many books on sleep today. Like there are people like Ariana Huffington, who's talking about why we should yeah. sleep and how to improve yeah. that. Yeah. Now, this has become a new fashion also today. Yeah. And even and that, sorry. No. And that's what I love about your book. What are becoming fashionable? People are overdoing it, but at the same time, we are not balancing it in the right way in our life, taking it from the ancient messages. I'm going to tell you, I was going to tell you something about, uh, yes, I want to tell you one thing, Vigneshi, like one thing that didn't get fixed with anything, uh, Panchakarma, all these things was my digestion. Mm -hmm. And that has got fixed only by regulating my meal, my sleep times. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that eight hours of sleep, like even if it's not eight, even if it's seven, seven, typically I I sleep like seven and a half hours. That's my cycle. That's what Mm -hmm. I've realized. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sleeping before 10 o'clock, waking around six, before six, it has been just such a touch wood, such a boon for me, really. And that is also why maybe there is even an English word called as uh, beauty sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they've made it after, after understand the all Ayurvedic concept. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, so sometimes when you have dark circle and you say maybe they need to get some beauty sleep and then things will get better. And sleep is such an underrated, at the same time, one of the most powerful uh, antidote for excess water and it, it goes for everything else for everything know. actually for everything sleep is the antidote for everything is the best mm. supplement i mean obviously there are loads of people who sleep too much also that is also that's another good. thing yes but uh, but those people are few and far between most mm-hmm. people i think are suffering from a lack of sleep i mean today also we live in a time when the vata aggravation is at its peak you know we live in a digital world we are consumed with so much of light and the cognitive load that we have you know the exposure to the information and it's actually uh, today that is why ayurveda is becoming holistic approach is becoming more and more um, required because it's very difficult to handle vata unless there is a unless we surrender to the biological clock you know yeah yeah that's where it all comes uh, there's this uh, new app called Clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. You love it? I've, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, should have, we should have a chat on that sometime. Yes. I deleted that app because I find it so stimulating. <laughs> Addictive. <laughs> yes, it's, it's really, you have you, you go on that app twice and then it's, it's super addictive. I've deleted it off my phone because I'm like, I can't do this. It's just too much. If I have a conversation, then I will log in. Otherwise, it's just... Uh, what time do you log in? We should have a conversation there sometime. I do it. You know, I have a problem. Like when you said after eight o'clock, if anything is stimulating me, then for me, it's very difficult to fall asleep. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. So I try to warm down things after seven, eight. And I tell people, if you're finding it difficult to fall asleep at night, just get involved with something very boring. Or yeah, read exactly. something, <laughs> read yeah. some boring book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like something educative or just, yes. yeah. Yeah. Or listen to some news in a different language you don't understand. <laughs> or try to learn a new language at night. There's nothing, there's nothing more boring than like, you know, trying to like translate stuff at night. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
and vasudhaji uh, another thing that i want to ask you you know you talk about some of the skin purifying uh, ayurvedic herbs you know like manjishta and uh, amrit so is there anything that you find it useful in your experience like certain herbs that you use it i do uh, actually uh, these days i'm really addicted to like wild turmeric kasturi mm-hmm. manjal i'm very very addicted kasturi manjal yes i i'm you know i've been i i've been uh, using it regularly all through the lockdown since last year it's like more uh, it's as effective as a vitamin c serum i'm mm-hmm. very much nowadays into red sandalwood Mm-hmm. uh it is so good uh and especially if you mix it with kasturi manjal then even like saffron is another herb uh, that you put it with milk and then you mix it with the kasturi manjal and you put it so these are the herbs that these days i'm very very uh, uh very very interested in uh internally like you know i mean i was very fond of neem i mean mm-hmm. spring has just come so a little bit of neem here and there manjishta i think uh, is better if you if it's like especially if you're uh, eating it and stuff when it's prepared Mm-hmm. you know you can't we give it mostly for whenever there is a you know conditions like psoriasis or skin wherever manjishta is actually a blood purifier because yeah, yeah. anything that goes wrong with the skin you know we have to purify the blood and that is how it is done yeah you can't have like manjishta powder on or you can't even apply manjishta powder on its own because it's very potent and mm-hmm. you know, yeah exactly it's quite uh, strong also very strong yeah so it needs to be prepared and everything uh i look for manjishta in the preparations mm-hmm. uh because there's lots of like you know lots of indian products that have manjishta mm-hmm. in it um amrit i don't think i have have i mentioned used it okay uh you talk about guluch giloy Oh, giloy, yes, 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 but it's not really a this thing. Uh, it's it's not it's not really a skin thing. It's more immunity. There's a giloy yeah. tree outside mm-hmm. my house. You know, there's a and in fact that giloy tree that giloy is around the neem tree. So that's mm-hmm. what they say, na, like the giloy exactly. around the neem because giloy takes all the um, the qualities of the plant that it's that it grows on. So the exactly the neem is really good. So yeah, uh, yeah, that is great for immunity. But as far as skin is con- uh, concerned, I'm really, really these days my top three are like wild turmeric. Oh, and also this herb called lodra, mm-hmm. which I discovered after writing my book. And you know, then I was done with my book. I wanted to include it in my book, but you know, after writing my entire book, I was like, no, I can't open my book and start writing another chapter. <laughs> I'll include it in like maybe another book. But but that's another herb which is so good, and also like muletti. So what a fantastic! That also is something I didn't write in glow, mm-hmm. but uh, what a fantastic like. It's such a well-rounded herb. It's good for so many things. Whether you put it on your face, it takes care of pigmentation, mm-hmm. and especially these days, like you know, muletti. You just chew on a muletti stick. It's so good for the throat. There are muletti teas. I mean, that's also such a wonderful herb and so relevant uh, in these times. Oh, fantastic! I really appreciate how you, you know. instead of talking about buying some ayurvedic products you talk about the raw herbs and how we can use it in our home you know that's that's what we need to bring back and that's what our ancestors used to do grandmothers used to do right, if we yeah. can bring that back that is how we can integrate the 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 soul of india you know back to our home sure. and it starts with our kitchen yes 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 of course yeah and uh, wasdas you also mention about you know sometimes you don't have to go cold turkey you know it's not like i have to give up sugar we also talk a lot about you know we have to give up sugar but you talk about some yeah. certain things that we can also include so how would you tell the new age you know sometimes we go to the extremes like either no sugar or like a cold turkey kind of uh, approach yeah. so what is that middle balance that you recommend i think uh, that balance uh, it just comes naturally the you know when you start taking care of yourself 
you know you know your body signals like we were talking earlier about the bag of chips and the bag, and, and and the biscuits right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know the more you start taking care of yourself you know that okay i've had like one slice of pizza two maybe i don't need to have the whole thing otherwise i'll feel stuffed you know mm-hmm. so the more disciplined mm-hmm. you are in other things the more dis- i mean you know then that like for me the more disciplined i was in my yoga practice it started showing in other aspects of my life now coming to the mm-hmm. thing of like you know a cup of a cup of tea here and there like for me like the highlight of my day these days is my morning cup of chai which has like unrefined sugar which has like god knows what milk and god knows what chai patti <laughs> but uh, it's so it's 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 really something that i enjoy in the morning like a nice kadak cup of chai and you know what i mean like ultimately we know we should learn how to in- enjoy things also because we can't leave one source of an anxiety which is you know uh, which has led to a poor health to lead to another one yes lead to another one where you're obsessed about looking for does is this unrefined sugar is this this is this that so little bit here and there is fine you know i mean little bit of like you, you don't have to be disciplined mm-hmm. about everything and that sense of balance will only come when you start taking care of yourself and listening to your own body signals is the way i feel mm-hmm. i think that's so important sometimes you know there was a patient who came with smoking addictions and then uh, the first day i told this is creating some problems but if you tell this patient you have to quit smoking then it's going to create a whole lot of other problems because of the anxiety that will happen how will i handle myself when i have that cravings yeah and that is why cold turkey sometimes it is quite dangerous but you need to have a mindset at the same time enjoy this because body can handle a lot of things and if you look at the extreme abuse that we are doing a little bit of enjoyment is fantastic as long as it doesn't create toxicity in you it's okay to enjoy that i think that mindset is so important also when it comes to skin health sometimes people go to the other extreme no i'm completely turning vegan or i'm just going to eat this this creates intolerance to me and that creates more anxiety and more trouble for them in fact yeah i mean uh, i mean i would have said that also if you had asked me to quit smoking a while back i would have mm-hmm. told you said that no that is that is one thing that i cannot do you mm-hmm. know not that i was a heavy smoker but just like one or two year or there but you know you have your addictions you can be addicted mm-hmm. to a pack of cigarettes so you can be addicted to like three cigarettes in a day mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. uh but again it's just like you know after it's just you know when you start taking care of yourself probably this was the last thing that had to happen you know after doing all the other things this this was this had to happen eventually but uh, but yeah i mean like my yoga teacher says that one cigarette especially staying in a place like delhi is not going to kill you or whatever but then uh, ideally we should give it up i mean for me what worked was that i figured out every other aspect in my life that so made it easier for me to give up cigarettes mm mm-hmm. well on one hand it's an ironic that saying that living in delhi and giving up one cigarette doesn't go because the because of the pollutions that are happening there yeah but it's made so much of difference like yeah, i swear ugh. i mean yeah. you know the thing when i uh, hear people talking about smoking when they are smoking they are like how can people live without smoking and when they give up i can't believe i was smoking at one point i know how did i know i know really it's just like just everything has improved i mean it's just um Yeah I mean I I I really feel like much healthier without mm-hmm. it and you know I just had covid I'm so mm-hmm. glad I gave it up before that mm-hmm. imagine if I was still smoking and I had covid oof mm-hmm. horrible that's how ironic certain habits are and once we come out of that we feel so relieved and that ability to come out of that pattern that is where the healing is <laughs> 
also sometimes the habits just leave you for me smoking left me you know mm-hmm. we were on we were on a holiday somewhere and whatever and then i was just like oh, what am i doing like this is disgusting and it's just it just happened one day i decided it just happened like i don't want to do this anymore mm-hmm. so sometimes you know a scientist wants to discover is there some way you can create that feeling so you can give it up just do a lot of it and wear on people who are doing a lot of it and combine that with a cough and cold and you will give it up <laughs> you know once i was reading a a story about a man who quit smoking so he was smoking and then suddenly his little child came running up to him and said daddy i don't want you to die when i'm old when i'm when i you know when i'm growing up and that was a time when he gave up smoking so there was some kind of a uh, stuff somewhere you know that is why frustration is such a powerful force when it comes to yeah. changing your patterns yeah yeah yes absolutely you know we mm-hmm. keep like running away from negativity we want all our experiences in life to be positive and wonderful but what do we learn out of that positivity and that wonderful like the reason we learn to be positive is also because there there's like a phase of negativity in our life mm-hmm. you know and wasuda ji knowing what you know right now what would you tell your 20 year old self oh my god <laughs> can we like uh, extend this question to <laughs> <laughs> i mean i can i can continue talking to then <laughs> just just few things about health uh about health i would certainly say, say like uh you know i used to be naturally very thin Mm-hmm. in my 20s like i could eat anything and that's the problem that girls who are very young and who are very thin they don't realize is that it's not about you can eat anything so you should eat anything mm-hmm. you know and all the things that you eat in your 20 that you can that that you know they they kind of uh, lead to hormonal imbalance in your 30s mm-hmm. or your late 20s and stuff so i would definitely like cut down on the sugar my god the amount of sugar i used to eat like tubs and tubs of ice cream you know um processed meat i mean you name it my health my my habits my food habits were so bad i just wish like the younger me would have eaten more fruits and vegetables i mean although in your 20s your palate is such right your palate changes when you grow older when you're mm-hmm. younger your your palate is all about the sugar and the fat and you know the pizzas and whatever so i think uh in my t- health wise i would just je- definitely like you know uh have tried to explain her that you know all these that just because it doesn't show on you in terms of weight doesn't mm-hmm. it's affecting uh your inner body I don't think that my 20 year old self would have listened to me anyway but I would have tried <laughs> but still <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why they say you can't wake up a person who is acting to be asleep you can only wake up a person who is asleep yeah. but still you know getting those messages across and how we can portray things you know that will make a big difference Yeah yeah So thank you so much Vasudhaj it was a real uh, informational entertaining and I love the enthusiasm by which you share your knowledge and wisdom that you have are you going to have a sequel to glow or any new books that are I'm going to come i'm working on an, i'm working on a book it was supposed to be ready last year but you know uh, it's a little bit of a challenging book it's not like as straight forward as glow hmm. but yeah i'm working on it i'm working on it very slowly mm-hmm. um and again it's all about wellness and stuff and vignesh ji you will get one of the first copies i'm going to send Definitely. one to you so uh, happy to i'm more than happy to give you my honest feedback sometimes <laughs> <Lovely. laughs> thank you so much for having me thank you so much vasudhaji okay bye
Thank you for listening to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond. If you loved and enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe, share and review us. This helps to spread our mission of guiding humanity to becoming their healthiest self and also giving the right resources for holistic healing. If you wish to know more about my work, please do visit www.vigneshdevraj.com. And if you are interested in doing an Ayurveda treatment or authentic panchakarma therapy, please log on to www.sitaramretreat.com.